Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. We are recording. Sorry, I was a little thrown off because (laughs) I haven't used this um, roadcaster in a while because we've been recording back at my house. Right. And I was like, wait, what do I what do? I do? But there's <laughs> a is. big button that says record on it. There is, but it's also, it looks like a switchboard. Like it's very- It's pretty intense. Intense. Yeah, the one at my house is just a tiny little, like, no nonsense. It's not pretty or anything. It works. This one is so colorful and lovely. <laughs> There's bright neon colors. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm <clears throat> getting a little off off topic because we're it's, this is a book podcast. Yes, yes, we're here to talk about books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> we're also here to talk about you know your life and anything that excites you, and obviously it's the switchboard. That's true. I wonder if people like at the beginning of our episodes are like, oh great, how Can I fast how forward? long are they going <laughs> to talk about themselves again, or if they're like, hmm, what's going on with Jamie and Marissa? Probably a little bit of both. would be my hope that people feel like we're their friends. Actually, also, I think the only people that are really listening are our friends. (laughs) So so maybe maybe they do like hearing us. But there's always room for new friends. Always. I mean, you know. There's room for new friends. Do you consider people that listen to our podcast that you don't know friends? I do. I'm just saying I don't think there are many of those people (laughs) left, but... I do want to take this opportunity, if people are still listening to this part of the podcast, to say that if you like this podcast, please just share it with a friend. I agree. Because that's all it takes to help us grow our audience. And we need that. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We do need that. That would be really lovely. Thank you in advance for helping us out. We really appreciate it. You can text it to a friend. You can tell it to a friend on a phone call you can post it on instagram or facebook or now threads because threads is a new thing have you have you gotten on it yet uh, no by the way we're recording this the day after no two days after threads came out so i saw i saw it right whenever people started chatting about it and then i saw all the people posting on instagram with the threads i saw yours yeah um i I don't know how I feel about it and I haven't done enough research, but I did see someone post, a marketing person post, if you think that it's not for you and you've already created an account that if you delete it, it deletes your Instagram. Yeah, you can't delete your Threads account without deleting your Instagram account. So I was, when when I saw that, I was like, well, I'm hesitant. I want to look into it more before I like set this thing up that I may not be interested in. And I'm sure it's going to be the way of, (laughs) you know, what has to be done and all of that. Um, But it's like Twitter, right? It's Twitter, but For created Instagram. by Zuck instead of Okay. But so it's it's I'm not a Twitter. I don't It's Zuckerberg's answer to all of the crap that's going on with Twitter right now. Because Twitter is okay. just a total mess. <laughs> sure. And so he was like, "Look, we're going to create a new space that's essentially Twitter, but doesn't have all the drama okay. associated with so it." So I know this probably is not the best thing to say since I know I'm in marketing. I don't do Twitter. I have never had any client who has used Twitter, so yeah. I've never had to use it. But 
I have an account, but I, I don't think I've ever posted anything. I've had it for a few years and I don't ever use it. I don't ever log in. What, what is, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? So I used to use Twitter years ago, but mostly I used it as like a news aggregator okay, and service. And that's what I figured, but. Yeah. But there are also people who, I mean, I think a lot of people use it to follow like, I love that you're drinking your tea through a straw, um, hot tea through a straw. Um, I think a lot of people use it to follow because there's a lot of celebrities and, you know, important people on there, the president's on there, the whatever. Right, and right. so f- following those people and getting kind of a glimpse into their life. Now, you can do that through Twitter, Instagram, whatever. There's many right, ways. Sure. But it, it just depends on what your preference is. It's more is. like throughout the day instantaneous thought. Yeah. I mean, more so than like an actual post where you're posting content. It's more of just. Yeah. I mean, it's just copy, right? So it's, well, you can, you post, can do videos and you photos can post videos, stuff. photos, links, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's more of a conversational space. So I might post, hey, new podcast episode is up. What did y'all think? And then people would reply to that and be like, oh, this was a great episode. Or do what you, were you think thinking? it's, I mean, do you use it now? Twitter? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. I used to years ago, but I think my feed had gotten so like convoluted with stuff that I didn't care about. And I never took the time to go back and like recultivate it to sure. something that worked for me. Mm-hmm. So I just quit using it. And then now like with everything going on with it, I'm so over it and I don't want to go back to Twitter. Right. But Threads has been fun and interesting and new. And it's obviously very similar to Twitter. It's like... right essentially exactly the same thing but with instagram's look and feel Mm -hmm. but i've been posting stuff that it's getting liked by people i don't know and i feel like i'm getting a lot more engagement through threads than through instagram or facebook or anything like that that makes sense so sense. I mean, I, I see I'm the benefit. Sure that'll change. I'm, I'm sure at some point I'm going to sign <laughs> up for it. I'm just um, hesitant to add something else. It's just nice. To, like sometimes I have random thoughts and they're ridiculous, and I'm like, "But I want to tell someone this silly little thought because it made me laugh." And so it's like, "Oh, I can just go put that into the Twitterverse or into you know threads or whatever." And then if people think it's funny, they can like it or whatever, and make me feel good about myself. <laughs> like uh, I had I did post one thread that I was like um will we get like different badges or classifications depending on our thread count so like if you've posted 100 threads then you're cotton if you've posted 200 <laughs> threads you're Egyptian cotton <laughs> stop that's on a thing though right no oh. I was making a joke <laughs> sorry I think I zoned out for half a second and then when you started talking about it I was like that's really funny but weird <laughs> well thank you for thinking I it's did funny think it was funny another at least 16 people so far have thought it was <laughs> but anyway uh, what's your thread count exactly yeah i like it i'm per, i mean i'm per kale level yeah i think you should reach out and <laughs> i'm bamboo sheets you know whatever so anyway i'm just hoping that like Mark Zuckerberg sees it and implements it. That's my goal, but we'll Correct. see. We'll Correct. see. Yeah. <laughs> and gives you credit. Yeah, obviously. Right. Obviously. <laughs> All um, right. Let's talk about books. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I've just been having fun with threads. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'll have to look into it a little bit. And sorry, more. this is actually about books and threads. 
So I posted like the book that I'm going to talk about today. I posted just finished reading and then the name of the book, which I'll go ahead and tell you is Cassandra in reverse. And then I posted like a little mini review of it on threads. Cool. I've actually seen that title on Instagram from a few people. I Instagram has just not been a good headspace for me lately, Mm -hmm. but threads has is working for the first two days so far. So we'll see. Okay. I'm done with threads. Let's talk about books. Do you want me to go first since I've already told you? Please. I want to hear about it. (laughs) Okay. So this is, like I said, Cassandra in reverse, but it's by Holly Smale, which is just a fun last name. (laughs) S-M-A-L-E, Smale. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why is this so funny? You're delirious. <laughs> I don't know. This de- exhaustion plus high calf tea, I think, is really making me loopy. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Um, I do like it. Smell. <laughs> I do. It's a great last name. I know. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Continue. Holly. Holly Smale. Holly Smale okay. wrote Cassandra in reverse. So this is, why are you, okay. Okay. So this is like part Groundhog Day, part time travel. Ooh, I like it already. I'm in. It's, <laughs> you didn't and, even have to say anything Hold else. on, hold on. Okay. It gets better. Okay. It's British. Uh, <laughs> Jamie. I know. I have to go read this immediately. Perfection, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I know that Groundhog Day is essentially time travel, but this is different in that she can make it happen. So she, so with a typical Groundhog Day novel, you can't it's like, do anything to get out of the loop yourself. Right. Or you're not causing the loop. So right. you like fall asleep and when you wake up, it's the same day again. Right. She figures out, Cassandra, who goes by Cassie often or Cass in the novel, she figures out that she can like kind of close her eyes and just focus on going back to a specific time and boom, she's there. And she is like, completely reliving exactly what happened does she have to be asleep to do it does she have to no, be in that state she no, can do so a, like if something happens and it doesn't go to plan she can stop she, where she is focus and reset it and reverse time yes. okay yeah so she kind of figures it out on accident but then once she realizes she has this power she's like well hold on a second because what's happening in her life when she figures this out is her boyfriend has just broken up with her and she's just lost her job Oh, no. Okay. And she obviously doesn't like the direction her life is going, and she wants a do-over. And what do you know? She can get one. So she rewinds back four months. She had been dating her boyfriend for four months when he broke up with her. But she's really into him. She feels like even though it's been four months, she's, you know, this is a good relationship. So she backs up four months. She's like, I'm going to go back to the time that we met, redo things, to figure out how to keep him. Okay. That's kind of her goal, but she also does much smaller time jumps. So, and it can be really comical at times because it's like she goes to a coffee shop and she accidentally drops her coffee and she gets coffee all over her clothes and she's like, dang it, rewind. <laughs> and then like picks up the coffee correctly. And sometimes she'll like say things like just to get them off her chest and then but things that she wouldn't normally tell someone right. like, Hey, by the way, I can time travel by closing my eyes and thinking. And she's like, okay, I'm so glad I got that off my chest. Back up the conversation. Man, rewind. What? A, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being able to do that? Right. I'm so, assuming that there's some repercussions that come with it. Well, there are, 
you know, obviously when you change things, um, right. She's kind of thinking, oh, I can just go back and change this one little thing and then it'll fix everything. But you never know how your change is going to affect things. Right. So sometimes she might make a change. Butterfly effect. Exactly. Sometimes she might make a change and it's good in that instant. But then she realizes like a week later, like, oh. And then she gets confused sometimes because she may have rewound several times and like things that she had done right. get undone and things like that. So does she have to, once she goes back, does she have to be in that moment? Does she have to stay there and then live out that moment from there? Yeah. She can't like jump back, make a change, and then jump forward again. Okay, that's She's going to relive everything. Okay, okay, okay. Which is where like the Groundhog Day part comes into okay. play. Um, the other thing about Cassie is that she's autistic. Okay. And she doesn't really know this, but what she does know is that existing in the world seems to be a lot more difficult for her than it is for everyone else because... She can't read signals. She can't understand sometimes people's tone of voice. Mm, mm -hmm. She also yeah. has this thing where she likes like colors are very vivid to her and like remind her of specific memories and specific moments. She also has an eidetic memory. So she the reason she's able to so easily go back to specific moments is because she remembers every moment. Right. So it was interesting to see how her going back in time allowed her to kind of like figure out the world a little bit better and go, oh, now I understand what that reaction was. Okay, I can react to this better. Let me go back real quick. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So that was another new kind of fresh, interesting perspective to this trope that's done pretty frequently. Yeah. So no, but it seems like it was done in a unique way. It was. So that's always really nice because there's only so many tropes that you can do. And some of them are great. Like, yeah, I love absolutely. reading about the same ones, but when there's a little bit of uniqueness and different, I mean, it just kind of changes the game for me, and it really makes a novel stand out. Yes. And the other thing is it never felt repetitive. Like, obviously, if you're living the same part of your life over and over again, that can get boring, but the author did it in a way that, like, I was never bored. I never felt like, oh, I ha have to live through this scene again. Which is hard to do. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it really, because I've read, novels and I know you have too where it's that same situation and you really do like okay are they really going to do this again like I'm ready right. for the story to progress right and this story even though it's repetitive it's constantly progressing so um it was like I, I, I'm I rated it four stars on Goodreads but now that I'm talking to you about it, I'm like I, I don't know maybe this deserves five because it, it was really good like the narration was really good um it was uh, hefty you know mm -hmm. Um, but not so hefty that it was difficult to read. And I just, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm going to add this one because I think it has all the aspects of a great novel. Yeah, I, th I think you will really like this one. I can't wait to hear your yeah. thoughts. Great. Another one to add. Yes. To our ever-growing TBR. <laughs> all right. Tell me about yours. Okay. So my book is We Are the Light by Matthew Quick. Have you read that? No, but I have heard of it. Okay, so this was published um, in October of 22. And for those who don't know, Matthew Quick is the author that wrote the Silver Linings playbook. Yes, that's why I know it. And I, somebody talked about it pretty recently and said okay. it was really good. And so, like, it's on my list. It was really interesting. And it was, again, a very fresh perspective. Um, I, I, there are some um, trigger warnings for people out there just because it, it does have... Um, 
a tragedy around the storyline, but um, Lucas Goodgame is a teacher. Um, he lives in the suburb of Majestic, Pennsylvania with his wife. Um, they have this kind of great relationship. They've been together since they were teenagers. Um, and one day uh, during Christmas break, um, there's a tragedy in the suburb, um, unfortunately, in the Majestic Theater that many of the town's folk and their significant others are attending. Um, it is, there is, it's a shooting. Okay. Um, many of the neighbors and community members uh, are murdered at this event. Um, it's like a screening of... I don't know if it's a wonderful life or it's like a Christmas screening at the Majestic. Um, and to many of the townspeople, he is seen as a hero from this situation. We don't really know what that means yet, but he himself does not feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he is struggling. Um, his wife was one of the um, one of the people that was. One of the victims. One of the victims. So um, I'm sure he has survivor's guilt. He does, but <laughs> there is a bit of supernatural. There's a lot of mental health issue topics that come about in this novel as well. So he will tell you ba- basically from the moment that the shooting started, everyone that was shot, he saw them lifted up and turned into angels. Hmm. And so he has basically been in his own mind saying, talking to his wife, she comes and visits him every night, and they kind of talk through everything. So he has a different perspective than all the other um, victims, as well, the victims that are still living, right. who lost loved ones, um, where he is able to cope in a different way because he still has access to his so he can communicate with all of the deceased no so most of them went into the light or whatever and darcy his wife decided to stay okay and help him through this until eventually she tells him we will not be together one day so um we hear this back and forth we don't ever hear her directly um but we hear this back and forth of him, his monologue with her and him discussing his days with her and kind of isolating himself because in his mind, he still has her and he's fine. And it's this constant, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. Um, It's interesting that we only hear one side of it. Did that, was that like, like difficult to read or did it feel natural? No, it felt natural because the bigger part of it is that he had a um, therapist or he calls it a, a, you, um, how do you say, like Carl Jung, like a um, Jungian analyst. So he was meeting with Carl quite a bit before this tragedy. Um, Carl was also at the theater, and his wife was also a victim in um, in this tragedy. And Carl is not returning any of his letters. So throughout the story, he's writing to him. So we are getting all of his thoughts through these letters that he's writing to Carl. What time period is this? It's present day. But he's writing physical letters. Physical letters to Carl. Um, To the point where he's walking past Carl's house. He's hand delivering them, even though he shouldn't be putting them in his mail slot. 
um, to the point where the local police are like catching him being like, look, you can't do that. Um, you can't walk in front of his house and try to look through the windows. You know, we're, get, we're getting complaints. Yeah. You have to stop. But why won't Carl like communicate with him? We find out later. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, so we're seeing all of his thoughts and everything that he's thinking, all the things that are happening between him and Darcy, everything that he thinks that he knows that nobody else is know, knows what's going on. Um, he's telling Carl in these letters. So let me ask you this is so far. I know that we have his thoughts to Darcy and we have his writing to Carl is the whole novel, um, letters and, and one-sided no. conversations or is I mean, it- he's not really having converse full conversations with Darcy. He's just saying like having like talking as if he's the narrator, like have like a normal okay. narration with her. And then he'll be like, and then Darcy told me that I needed to do this. So is it, is a first person novel? Okay. All right. Um, so, and he calls her wing, winged Darcy. So like that she comes in and that she has wings, like that she is an angel. And that when she leaves in the morning, she leaves um, like feathers in his bed and he's collecting these feathers. What? That's okay. Okay. <clears throat> so um, Jill, who owns a local diner in town, um, she was Darcy's best friend. And she, Darcy and Lucas went to high school together and grew up together. Jill was like the most beautiful girl in school and really kind. And um, she stayed in town and she and Darcy were inseparable. She's struggling. She was not there that night, but she's struggling big time. And pretty much from the day that it happens, she just moves in to Lucas's house. <laughs> okay. Not in a, not in a sexual way. Sure. Um, she doesn't know how to handle it and he is kind of losing it. And so she, the best way that she knows how to help both of them, it's help them and live in this alternate world without her best friend. And with the tragedy that the whole community is facing is to be as close to him as possible and try to figure it out together. Um, but really she takes care of him. Yeah. It's what it amounts to. She's the one paying like with his money, but like paying the bills and making sure things get done. She feeds him. But like she's, she's managing the house. She's managing everything because he cannot. Yeah. Um, he stops his job at, he's a, he's sorry. I didn't even say that. He talks to, um, he's like the counselor at the local high school. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, um, the, the perpetrator who committed the violence is, was a student, not his student. No one that he actually, worked with, but he was a student at the high school. Mm. Um, also, we meet Eli, who is an 18-year-old who begins camping in Lucas's backyard. And he, With Lucas's knowledge? With his not Well, he doesn't know at first. Okay. This tent pops up in the backyard, and Jill's <laughs> like, do you know that there's a tent in your backyard, and there's a light on, it looks like there's somebody in there? Uh, when he goes to check it out, um, he it's Eli. Um, Eli is the brother of the, okay. So of the it just becomes this sort of found family of people who are just trying to navigate this tragedy together. Yes. Um, he's been ostracized, obviously, even though he wasn't the one that committed the crime. Um and yeah, he lost his brother, who he loved. Um, mm-hmm. 
because his brother also did not make it out of that situation. Um, and so it's really a story of Eli and Lucas and Jill picking up the pieces and trying to turn this tragedy into a healing for the town and themselves. And I'm not going to go into how that happens, um, but it was just, it was a lot of tragedy. There's a lot of, I'll say it's not just the tragedy at the Majestic Theater, but there are some other hard topics. So just be prepared for that, that there are some triggering scenes and discussions, more discussions that are had. Um, but Lucas's mind is really interesting and the way he talks, I don't know if he's on the spectrum himself, Mm -hmm. but it's just, um, you kind of see him trying to hold it together and he thinks he's doing a good job. And then when he looks back on things, he realizes that he was just spiraling. Um, but it was as difficult of the topic that it was and you feel all these people hurting so deeply it was really beautiful and a very touching story in the way that they came together to heal themselves and help each other yeah it sounds like it's still a little hopeful very very much everything so. they've been through yeah hmm. it was just a really it was well written it never I never lost interest in it um I thought the characters were just not necessarily totally fleshed out at points but you just felt for them and mm-hmm. you rooted for them um, to come out on the other side. Um, yeah. I, I never read Silver Linings Playbook. I didn't either. I, I saw the movie. loved the movie. Yeah. Me too. Loved the movie. And I'm so. assuming based on Silver Linings Playbook, watching the movie and this, that he touches on mental health issues in most of his writing. I, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like it. Yeah. But it's, it's really well done because it really puts you in – the mind of, of the characters and how they work through their issues. Yeah. It, not just like I'm only talking to a therapist and you're kind of like it, like I'm, we're in their, you know, in their heads with yeah, them. Working through it with them. Yeah. I, so I really didn't know much about the book. I did remember that there was, um, that there was like a mass shooting, but that was about all that I remembered. Yeah. Um, and I do think I would like to read this one day. I don't think my head is in the proper space at the moment, but it's it's going to stay on my, yeah. on my And TV I will out. just want to give credit where credit is due. My aunt sent me this book, um, Elizabeth, and she said, that I know you all, because I sent her when I finished books that are really great, I sent her because she reads more than I do. Like yeah. She's always listening to an audio book, um, which I am too, but <laughs> she can get through it much faster than I can. Um And I only sent her the ones that I know that like she'll really like that are geared towards her. And she kind of knows what I like too. And so she sent me this and she was like, I just think um, you'd really like this. It was really good. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. So thank you. Thank you to to Biffy. To Biffy. I love it. (laughs) Thanks, Biffy. (laughs) Um, Okay. The tea that we're drinking, we're drinking another high calf tea from the Republic of Tea. And I feel like I've seen you like perk up. Yeah. Since you got here, because you were just dragging was, oh, when you first got here. But you look like you have more energy now. I do. I feel I feel alive. <laughs> good. That's that's yeah. a good way to feel. What are your so this is caramel black. I like it. And it's um Tell me about the flavor profiles, but I do really I think I really like it because we added the heavy cream. So it's a robust black tea <clears throat> with smooth caramel notes. 
envision a clear mind and renewed spirit, which you have, <laughs> as you sip this rich, energizing tea, nice with a splash of milk. And so we didn't have milk or half and half, but we did have heavy whipping cream. So I put a little splash in there. Uh, it has 123 milligrams of caffeine, which is 23 more than a typical cup of coffee. And I haven't had I haven't had any coffee today, and that's probably why I was also exhausted. Um, and it says black tea, green tea extract, and natural caramel flavor. What do you think? I think it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not like my favorite dessert tea, but I think that um, it has a decent flavor. I, I taste the caramel. For sure. I do. And it has a decent enough flavor that if I needed some energy that I could get through a cup of this. Yeah. And and I I do think, though, that it almost needs the splash of milk. Yeah. I do wonder. I don't think it would taste as good. I think it would be a little bitter, honestly, I think it would be bitter. the milk. I agree. Well, I think I'm going to go post on threads about... <laughs> <laughs> about our podcast episode. Okay. No, I don't know what I'm... I'll post something on threads. And I will not. <laughs> you will eventually. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Ink Drinkers Pod. Cheers. Cheers.